Okay, if you've got a Bible, you can open to Galatians chapter 5, we'll look at verses 22 and 23, and the text is also printed in the bulletin for you on the next page. <clears throat> um, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit here for several weeks, uh, all the way up until Christmas. Uh, the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, it's not, uh, it's not just abstract virtue or moral excellence, uh, like somebody who has a good upbringing can have, uh, or someone who devotes enough time and attention and hard work to certain uh, cultivating certain habits could have. Um, it's not what the fruit of the Spirit really is talking about. The fruit something that is grown. I mean, it's organic language. It's something that's grown through our connection to the living God. It's something that's uh, grown in the new life, the spiritual life of somebody who has a relationship with Jesus. <clears throat> um, the fruit, first and foremost, it's an aspect of Jesus' life and relationship with God. Jesus came into the world to live the perfect human life in relationship with God. He's fully alive to God, united to God in himself. So the fruit is something that primarily describes who Jesus is. And it becomes an aspect of our lives as we participate in Jesus' life and relationship with God. As that life and relationship with God becomes ours, as we abide in Jesus through the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so, uh, agricultural term, it's... You know, living grape vines bear grapes. Uh, living olive trees produce olives. And human beings who are alive to God in the Spirit, who are in relationship with God through faith in Jesus, they bear the fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and so on. So in John 15, Jesus tells us that uh, apart from him, unless you abide in him, Unless you're staying connected to him, you cannot bear fruit like this It's the, because it's the fruit of his life. It's the fruit of his life in relationship with God. So when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, uh, like patience, like we're going to talk about today, we're talking about specifically Christ-like patience that has grown in us specifically through our spiritual union with him. The fruit of true biblical patience has to do with Jesus. So that's what we're going to talk about. Let's think about it together for a few minutes. Uh, let's pray first, and then we'll read uh, the scripture, these verses that are printed here in the bulletin. We'll read those uh, aloud together. Well, let's pray. <clears throat> Father, by your grace and only by your grace, we are interested in you. We're interested in a relationship with you. We're interested in your son, Jesus, because of your Holy Spirit at work in us. So we pray that you'd help us now as we hear your word as we read it and consider it together. We pray that you'd help us to know you and to know your ways and to be changed by you for our life together with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so let's read together Galatians 5, 22 and 23 as it's printed here. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we're talking about specifically Christian or Christ-like patience. What does that mean? What is patience according to the scriptures? <clears throat> it isn't just delayed gratification. It isn't just delayed gratification. That might be how patience is commonly understood. It certainly seems to be <clears throat> how we are taught about patience as children, or how we even teach our children about patience. Come up with examples of 
uh, when you've taught your kids to be patient, what are the kind of examples that, that we would normally give? It's things like, <clears throat> you know, if you save your money, you don't spend it now on little things like candy, but you save it up till you have more of it later, you can buy bigger and better things. Be patient with your money and save it. <clears throat> or uh, just wait, we're almost there. The long car ride will be worth it, I promise. You can stop asking how long till we get there. Or <clears throat> um, be patient. After the meal, after the meal, you can have your dessert, but you just got to wait. You got to wait for the good stuff. Uh, in general, it seems that we're taught that patience means just calmly waiting until things get better for you. Uh, sometimes that means tolerating long delays. Sometimes that means actually suffering uh, non-ideal circumstances. Just put it that way. <clears throat> but it does seem to be built on the expectation or the hope that eventually things are going to improve and I'll get what I want. And that's, I think that patience as delayed gratification, I think it's just a bit too self-centered. Um, to, to bit, uh, a bit too oriented on self-gratification to be what the scriptures mean when they talk about patience. When the scriptures talk about patience, they speak of it as a facet of love. Facet of our relationships of love. Which is why it makes sense, then, that this is a fruit that's it's unique to Jesus. It's a fruit we couldn't bear apart from abiding in Jesus through his spirit. <clears throat> we might train ourselves to sit and wait through bad traffic without getting road rage, right? We might uh, train ourselves to be calm while the person in front of us in the grocery line uses coupons for everything and then eventually in the end just misplaces their checkbook. <laughs> you might train yourself to be calm and patient and content during times like that. Anyone could do those things, whether or not they have a relationship with Jesus. That's fine. That's fine. It just isn't the scripture's vision of patience. It isn't the version of patience that Christians are ultimately interested in. We're interested in patience as a facet of love. We're interested in patience as a feature of our relationship with God. <clears throat> so the, the tension between immediate gratification and delayed gratification, put that tension aside, just think about something else for a minute. We want the fruit of Christ-centered, patient love to be grown in us by God's grace. So, so one major aspect of biblical patience is that we're not just waiting for something. We're not just waiting to get something. We're not just waiting for something to happen, something to change, something better to come along. <clears throat> we're not just waiting for something. We're waiting on someone. We're waiting on the Lord. Christian patience isn't just the generic counting of seconds enduring the passing of time as we wait for a better moment to come in the future. Christians wait on Christ. Christians wait on God. We look to him to fulfill his promises to his people. As a feature of our relationship with God, Christian patience is prayerful waiting. It's not just waiting. It's prayerful waiting. It's waiting that is responsive to the Lord. It's God-centered waiting. It's like we heard. It's like Rob read in our Old Testament reading uh, from Psalms 123 and 130, which I'll just read most of that again. Um, to you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of her mistress, 
so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. Or Psalm 130, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. So Christian patience is not just waiting for Amazon Prime's next day delivery on that impulse shopping item that you just bought with one click. Wait it out. Christian patience is waiting with God. It's waiting for God. It's waiting on God with the attention and the anticipation of a servant with his eyes locked on his master's hand, waiting for the slightest indication of his movement, just waiting on him. Do you wait for the Lord, as the psalm says, with with this kind of intensity and eagerness more than the night watchman who's looking to the coming dawn? Does that describe your idea of patience or the kind of patience that you exemplify? I'm not naturally that responsive to God. I'm not that desperate for God. My hope is not always fixed on God fulfilling his promises. It's hard for me to endure any suffering prayerfully with God, for God, with my eyes fixed on him. Really, apart from the Spirit, apart from abiding in in Jesus, I'm, I'm not interested at all in the Christian fruit of patience as a feature of a relationship with God. So when we talk about this spiritual fruit, <clears throat> first and foremost, again, we're, we're talking about a feature of Jesus' relationship with God. You want to talk about patient, prayerful endurance, look at Jesus. He suffered being misunderstood by the general public. He suffered all kinds of bad relationships suffered the opposition of those who rightly understood him, people who knew what he was about and opposed him. So not just those who misunderstood him, but those who understood him. He He suffered the stubborn unbelief of his own friends, of his own followers. He suffered things like government oppression and cruelty. He suffered humiliation and death at the hands of sinners. And not once through any of it did he take his eyes off of his Father in heaven. He went through all of life prayerfully and responsive to God. Even though so much of his life we would characterize as suffering. He did it with God. And he did it for God with his eyes locked on God. He endured every hardship looking to the Father's hand with the Father's word and the Father's promises. Giving him the full assurance of hope. He trusted that God would deliver him. That there would be a resurrection and a restoration after this life, after the cross. He looked to the future, not with just some generic optimism or the common virtue of patience that we uh, understand in our culture. He looked to the future waiting for God with more eagerness and anticipation than anyone can possibly understand. He looked to the future, not just hoping for some thing to gratify him, to make his suffering worth it. Not just hoping for something to change, something to happen, or to get something. <clears throat> he looked to the future for the promises of God to be fulfilled. He saw God in his future. His future was with God. His future was God. 
Jesus' patience was utterly God-centered, utterly centered around his relationship with the Father, and it enabled him to endure everything in this life. Actually, the main thing it enabled him to endure, it enabled him to suffer people like us with great love. His patience, his God-centered patience, enabled him to suffer people like us with great love. So the Greek word for patience that's used here in Galatians 5 is macrothemia, which, when you break it down, literally means long-suffering. Long-suffering. Like the good old uh, King James Version of the Bible translates it. So when we talk about Christian patience, we're, we're not just talking about, you know, we'll just make it through the good times, the relatively pleasant times, until we get to the really great times in the future. It, it is a matter of endurance, and perseverance through difficult times, through times that are called suffering. For Jesus to love us, for Jesus to be in relationship with people like us, it pretty much always means that his, his patient endurance of us, his long-suffering, of, his endurance of us in our ways, because we are slow to learn, we're reluctant to believe, We drag our feet when it comes to following him. We easily discard him or disregard him. Or worse, we we abuse him in the pursuit of the things that we're really interested in. We tend to be fools, just like his disciples are described throughout the Gospels. We sin and we resist God, just like all his people throughout the scriptures have done. Nevertheless, in his gracious love, God is patient with us. And such divine patience meant Jesus' long-suffering in this world. His relationship with God led him to be patient with us, which means our salvation. And this is what Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 1. He says, I'm the worst sinner. And Jesus showed me his mercy in order to convince you that he's perfectly patient with sinners like you. And since the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead and since he has ascended into heaven, he's delayed his return. He's delayed his return for 2,000 years so far. That's not meant to frustrate us because we're impatient. It's not meant to frustrate us. It's meant to display God's continuing patience toward us. It's been a long time, but he's not delaying. This is what it says in 2 Peter 3. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise. He is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So what it's saying is that he's perfectly capable for thousands of years of putting up with your shenanigans. (laughs) Right? Because of the perfect patience of his saving love. Because he loves us. He's patient with us. So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. The statement is most beautifully and wonderfully true about Jesus. Patience is a feature of God's love for us. It's a feature of Christ's love. And since Christ has not only loved us and been patient with us, but he's also fully opened his life to us so that we can share his life through the Holy Spirit then his own patient love is also open to us too. 
All the resources for his patience and his love become the same resources for our patience and for our love in the Holy Spirit. As we abide in Jesus, as we lock our eyes on Jesus, like a servant watching his master's hand, as we take our cue from him and imitate him, we can live with his patience through the Spirit. We can live not just with the self-oriented patience of delayed gratification, but with the other-oriented patience of godly love, of Christ-like love. We can endure each other's shenanigans with long-suffering for the sake of love as we wait on the Lord, as we wait with the Lord, as we wait for the Lord. So this is how the apostles usually talk about patience in the New Testament. Encouraging believers to be patient with one another in the church. Jesus is patient with me, and Jesus is patient with you. And if he is alive in us, by his spirit, then we will be patient with each other with reference to him. That's what we're talking about. Of course, this means we will frequently provide each other with opportunities for long-suffering. It's a reality of the church. We provide each other with many opportunities for long-suffering. We will test each other's patience. We will test each other's love. I will make it difficult for you to love me over an extended period of time. And if, you're, if all you're interested in is delayed gratification of some sort, then you will ultimately lose your patience with me. You will. But if you love with a Christ-like love, then you will have the spiritual resources to put up with me for love's sake. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, Paul talks about patience, and he points out that patience involves tolerating the idle, the faint-hearted, and the weak. Even as we're looking to help each other and challenge each other in those areas, supposed to do that with patience. In 2 Timothy 2, Paul points out that patience will even mean enduring evil. It's not just the silliness. It's the sin. It's the way that we sin against each other and the evil we can do to one another. Brothers and sisters might, act, uh, might do actual evil to one another in the church, which we're all called to suffer. We're all called to suffer in order to show each other God's grace, patiently continuing to engage with those who make life difficult for us, brothers and sisters. It doesn't mean ignoring each other's sins. It doesn't mean tolerating sins endlessly, even. You should not deliberately test the patience of those who love you. You should not take it for granted. You definitely should not test the patience of God who has loved you and who has given his son for you. But as a feature of Christ's love that's at work in us, patience definitely means putting up with each other when it's really hard to do that. As a feature of our relationship with God, patience means loving the other precisely at the moment when the other has made it difficult for you to love them. And the one who loves patiently has no guarantee that the other's going to change 
and suddenly make it much easier to love them. You're not called to be patient with me because, you know, one day something will make it through my thick skull and I'll finally get it. That's not the foundation for your patience. You're called to be patient with me with reference to the Lord. Because your eyes are locked on him, because you're taking your cue from him. And if I someday do happen to get it, and it becomes easier for us to love one another without the long-suffering, it'll be entirely because of God's grace, because he fulfills his promises. And this is what his promise says in Second Peter uh, chapter 3. According to his promise... We are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Right? We wait upon the Lord. We wait with the Lord. We wait for the Lord. We might never see the payoff for our patience in this life. But we do look to the Lord to make all things new. To bring us into a new heavenly world of righteous relationships and love in the new heaven and new earth. But until then, we have the Spirit of Christ. We can be responsive to God. We can wait prayerfully. We can be persistent in prayer and persistent in our love for each other. Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus, we can be God-centered in our patience. Because of Jesus, we see God in our future. So James writes, be patient Therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts because the the coming of the Lord is at hand. So do not grumble against one another, brothers. The Lord himself is patient. The Lord himself knows what it's like to endure in long suffering for love's sake. The Lord keeps his promises. The Lord is coming. So hope in the Lord. Lock your eyes on him and be patient with one another as you wait for him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, by nature, we're an impatient people, taking matters into our own hands in order to gratify ourselves. Your son, Jesus, has shown us what true patient love is like. It looks terribly painful to us as we see it in his life, but it's also glorious and beautiful because of his relationship with you. We want to have long-suffering, Christ-like, God-centered, patient love. We want to be patient with each other as you have been patient with us, so we ask that you would please grow this fruit in us by the power of your Spirit. Help us to abide in Jesus so that this fruit can be grown in us. Make his life and his patient love to come alive in us, we pray in his name. Amen.